Hi. Hi, Mer. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm gooder. Sorry, I was taking a drink of my wine when you hit that record. Ooh, getting saucy. Girl, you don't even know. Let me loose. Oh, yeah. Good glass of wine every now and again. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Mom and Mer. This is Mom. And this is Mer. How you been? Good. Good, good. What you been up to? Um, we had a good Thanksgiving week. Very fucking busy. Very mm-hmm. busy. Yeah, you guys had like, what, five Thanksgivings? Five of them after we have another one this weekend. Uh, good this loud. Friendsgiving, but, yep, five. Gee, cheese and rice. Where's this one? I know. This one's just at a friend's house. It's a Friendsgiving. Oh, so you didn't have to host any this year? No. 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 Thankfully, we did not. We were going to do our own like small little thing. I was going to make just like chicken and dressing because mm-hmm. I had this really cute idea that I seen. Um, you put a little nugget here in a, in a pot and then you have like stuffing and carrots and like all around and you say like um, recipe for baby turkey and then it's like 17 pound baby turkey, but he just wasn't cooperating. Most Aww, of the days. And so I bought like stuffing for it and like, <laughs> you know. Props for the photo. So we were gonna do just like chicken and chicken and dressing sandwiches. Right, right. But we never get around to it because mm. we ended up having because we were gonna do that actually on Thanksgiving Day because we didn't have anything planned. But then we ended up going to Heidi's. Oh, Heidi Mom's. Gotcha. Well. Hmm. Yep. Well, at least you didn't have the mess and whatnot. True that. Mm-hmm. True that. All the dishes, all the stuff. Yeah, Thanksgiving was good. Um, I had two this year, of course, Eric's mom's, and then I cooked for all y'all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was a good Thanksgiving. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, had a lot to be thankful for, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, we got a few small hikes in because the weather has been great. My gosh, I don't. I'm not ready for this weather to turn south. I know, I know. I want to, since it's like kind of nice this week, I want to get our Christmas, outside Christmas stuff up. We got a cute little Rudolph for outside. Oh, you do? And then our pole, we want to wrap it as like a candy cane North Pole. Oh, cute. I don't want to do it when it's frigid cold. No, no. And we got a little something to hang on our roof. I want to start getting decorating outside again as well, but not just yet. I'm starting to like, Put some things together and mm-hmm. get some things bought and yeah um we were cleaning out the garage and eric was gonna throw away i don't know if you remember the huge huge trees that i had like mm. oh my gosh they're freaking huge with no, pvc pipe like this <gasps> oh yeah 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 the uh-huh. ones that mike made like the ones that he made down on the house on windsor yeah well they originally came from carolyn and bob yeah. Over at their place. And yep. Mike made some as well. Yeah. But yeah, he was going to throw them away and I about cried. I'm like, no, please don't. <laughs> he says, you're ever going to put them up. I said, yes, I will. I will. Especially with Mr. Oliver now. Yeah. He would have loved to seen him this year. Well, we, that's, that's kind of why we wanted to like start decorating ours, but everything is so expensive. So we've settled on buying just like 
one thing for outside and we bought some like um, lights to go across like the gutters and stuff mm-hmm. and along our walkway um but like the actual like blow up stuff and like the plastic like figurines and stuff like that there's i think we ours is like tiny it's like two foot tall and i think we spent like 40 50 bucks yeah. on it yeah, the so dumb. So none, dumb. Of, none of my blow up stuff is working. I was hoping that Eric could get that all working, but yeah, it's been a few years since you had any of it. You, uh, you know, you don't think about it during the nice warm months. So this year, that is on my to do list mm-hmm. in the summer to get those out and get them fixed. But um, I go out the day after Christmas. Well, that's that's and kind you can of what buy our stuff so cheap. That's what our plan is. Um, is to just kind of like we got a few things for now, and then we'll just go out. After that used Christmas. to be tradition with Mike and I. We'd get up at like five o'clock in the morning, go to Menards and Lowe's. I remember that. Like those blow up things, I would get for ten fifteen bucks. So that's not bad at all. Uh, no, and I have quite a few of them, so I got to get them fixed and get them up. I want to. Yeah, I have a whole idea for out there it's going to be pretty cool so yeah yeah we i'll probably have to start decorating like the day after um we finally Halloween. have the space <laughs> no you're not allowed to do that you're not well allowed not to turn them that. on but just start to you're get things allowed, you're, up you're not I allowed mean. to do that well i wouldn't turn them on um speaking of which yeah you went ahead and put your stuff up ahead of time i told you i was going to but um did you think of a wreath you want did you find one that you like i forgot about with that oh okay um guess you don't need one that's fine nope that, no that's fine we're next um whatever <laughs> <laughs> so um what do you got planned anything for the next few weeks mm, no just a friend's giving this week and i'm gonna be working a couple times at the bar i'm not mm. looking forward to it i really i, I just it sucks because like my boobs hurt throughout that shift yeah, and being on my feet and especially with like my toes I'm so scared about wearing shoes for that long and being on my feet that long oh no <laughs> because my, my toenails still haven't fallen off your hammer toe yeah they look disgusting <laughs> but um, they haven't fallen off or anything like that so like I'm scared like it's going to rip them off when I oh, wear shoes for that long owie ow and I can't I've got to wear like comfortable like tight tennis shoes yeah. otherwise like yeah yeah. And one Ooh. of them one of them is a closing shift. I don't know why I did that to myself. I did that before I broke my feet. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> oh shit, girl. Yeah. So when when do you have to work? I have like three shifts. Mm. So I work oh, we have uh Dan's dad's retirement party as well. On oh Friday. yeah. Happy retirement guy. Todd. Yeah, so. I'm jelly. Yeah, I think the 11th I have a shift, um, the 17th I have a shift, and then I work New Year's, but I don't close on New Year's. Ooh. Ugh. I don't know. So, yeah. Well, I don't have a whole lot planned. Um, just to get some Christmas shopping done, get some crafts done. Um, the day this will air, it's actually St. Nick night, yeah. so make sure you have that. I know. So, I'm in- yeah, I've just kind of been in Christmas mode now. I wait till after Thanksgiving to really get into Christmas mode. Yeah. The, you know. I've been discussing with St. Nick on items to get Ali. Mm. I don't I don't know yet because like 
it can go so many ways with it. And he's not really into like too many of the snacks and stuff yet. Like I feel like the like little puffs are a little. He's a little far away from that yet. Like the the little yogurt ones. Yeah. Uh, no, he's think, not. You think you can? You think you can handle those, kid? Yes, he can. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. They have like these teether biscuits that like kind of yes. dissolve in their mouth. I, those ones, yeah. But the the like little yogurt bites are my favorite. I think I just want them. You want to eat them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, go figure. So. I think I think Saint Nick might bring bring him some little snackies, maybe some teether toys and stuff like that. Well, good. Those will be nice, huh, Ali? Oh, all right. Well, um, let's see. We have a few new listeners. Yeah. Um, we have Nevada on the list finally. Thank you, Nevada. And then we have Poland and Ukraine. Oh, wow. I know. So welcome, Nevada, Poland, and Ukraine, especially with, you know, all the stuff that's going on over in Ukraine. It's kind of like, wow, that's kind of humbling that you're going to listen to us. So um, I did get the map updated. Um, It was only Nevada that we had to update. So I'm probably not going to post that again. (coughs) Excuse me. But we still have... What is it? 18 states that we're looking to get on the listening list. So real quick, we need, if, if, if anyone has anyone in these states mm-hmm. that you can tell someone, hey, jump on and listen. There's Alabama, Alaska, Delaware, Hawaii, Idaho, Kansas. I can't believe they're right next door. Like, come on, Kansas. Yeah. Kentucky, Louisiana. Maine, Maryland, Mississippi, New Hampshire, New Mexico, North Dakota, Rhode Island, South Carolina, West Virginia, and Wyoming. So I even had coffee with my mom in Murder Cup. And then I have a really cool picture of Wyoming for when you start to listen. I can post that. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Wyoming. So come on, get listening. Get listening. Get listening to us. Um, we also had a few reviews. Um, I think I'll post them on our page just so people can see them um, rather than writing them all out. But we did get one that had a um, 4.9 star. And it said, great Iowa podcast. I would have given you all five. If the sound quality was better, mom does most of the talking and she is the one that is hardest to hear. Murr comes through great. Thank you for that review. And thank you for, um, for pointing that out to us. We do take criticism constructively. So we did a few little tweaks tonight. So hopefully that will change. Um, if it doesn't let us know again, uh, and we will do a few more tweaks. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of stuff is good to know because, you know, well, I, I don't hear always it, know. I hear it like on my computer and it doesn't sound that bad to me, but I listen to it over and over and right. over, you know, while I'm doing it. So it doesn't sound that like crazy to me. And I don't, sometimes it doesn't sound the same on a different um, computer right. or headphones or whatever the case may be. So, oh, bless you. Bless you, babe. Oh, bless you again. 
Sheesh. He's falling out. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so time for nappy. So yeah, thank you. We'll um we have done a few tweaks. Hopefully that will change and fix the problem. If not, then we'll go back to the drawing board and see what else we can do to get that sound quality better. Yep. Right, buddy. All oh, right. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'm ready for a story now. All right, you got any you don't got anything else? Um, I don't think so. All right. Well then let me tell you a story. All right. Okay. Resources from the story I have found on Iowa Cold Cases, Lock Funeral Home, Overton Family Funeral Home, the Des Moines Register, CBS to Iowa, KCRG. On July 13th, 2012, around noon, two young girls, Elizabeth June Marie Collins, eight years old, and Lyric Ray Lynn Cook Morrissey. Mm, I don't like those ages. Ten years old. Yeah, I don't like them either. Who were cousins, by the way, went off for a warm summer day bike ride in Evansdale, Iowa, a town about 4,700 people. That's a small ass town. Just 83 miles west of here. The girl's grandmother, Wilma Cook, told the press that she last saw the girls riding their bikes near downtown Evansville about 2.15 p.m. The girls were then seen about 2.23 on Broven Boulevard and then spotted between 12.30 and 1 p.m. on Gilbert Drive, not far from Myers Lake, which was a popular fishing and recreational area. That was the last time anyone would see the two young girls, at least alive and well. Hmm. When the two girls did not return back to their grandmother's house about an hour after she had last seen them, she began to worry. When Misty, Lyric's mother, returned to pick the girls up and they were still not back, she they really began to worry then, you know? Yeah. So they began calling their friends and family to see if anyone had seen the two girls. Um, after failing to find the girls... And literally just a short two and a half hours after they left for their bike ride, the girls were reported missing to the police. Two and a half hours. Like. That's actually quick. And then they took the report and everything. Usually they're like, oh, you gotta wait. And actually. But I guess they're so young. And actually the grandma seen him an hour after that. So, I mean, like it, an hour and a half, you know. That's just, crazy. I know. I know. Just goes to show how quick things can happen. Seconds. Absolutely seconds. The girls were reported missing to the Evansdale Police Department on that same day. So, of course, like you said, their ages, they jumped into action right away. The search is on. Their bikes and Elizabeth's purse were found on a trail on the southeast corner of Myers Lake about 4 p.m. The same day that the girls went missing. Hmm. But the girls were nowhere in sight. 
and like just what a horrifying scene you know like to find like to find her purse and their bikes it's eerie it yeah that's what i mean it's like time stood still almost you know like you just i don't know that, that to me is really eerie because then you you just know something's array you know yeah especially the purse like i can see the bikes like we would always like if we were on the trail with our bikes we would drop our bikes and go up in the trail mm-hmm. but you wouldn't leave your purse right or you'd kind of leave things lay you know like strategically placed mm-hmm. or whatnot but when you think when you see things strewn about that's when you're like "Ooh, something happened not a good not yep. a good feeling the 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 freaking erector pill eye start standing up you know like so hundreds of volunteers um had helped search for the cousins and the lake near where their bicycles were found had been partially drained nothing no sign of the girls for months nothing oh that's sad i know that's so very sad I know. Like I say all the time, I just can't even imagine the whole not knowing part has got to be absolutely the worst. Summer passed, fall, and into winter. Still nothing of the girls. Now you know, here's where it's going to get dreary. Yeah. On Wednesday, December 5th, 2012 10 years ago today 10 years ago to this date hunters came across two little bodies i was gonna say it was hunters wasn't it in the seven bridges wildlife park in ridling iowa i don't know if it's reedling or redling r-e-a-d-l-y-n reedling it looks like reedling it's a wildlife area about 25 miles east from where the girls went missing. Dang. So, so obviously they didn't get there by them damn selves, mm-hmm. you know. Um, obviously the hunters contacted law enforcement officials immediately. The next day on December 6, 2012, Chief Deputy Rick Abin with the Black Hawk County Sheriff's Office held a press conference to announce that they were confident that the bodies were those of Lyric and Elizabeth since there were no other missing person cases that matched the descriptions and the remains found were of a smaller stature. I just, I have the heebie-jeebies on that. I I just got to shake that off a minute. Like, the bodies were transported to the state medical examiner's office in Ankeny for positive identifications. On Monday afternoon, December 10th, 2012, the Iowa State Medical Examiner's Office confirmed the bodies found on Wednesday were those of Lyric Cook and Elizabeth Collins, the two babies missing from July. The families were notified and a press release was made informing the two girls had finally been found and not in the way that everyone was praying for. Did it say like how, like if they died right away? It did not. They are very, very close lipped about this case. 
Okay. Which is understandable. I will mention a few times in here how we keep things close to the chest uh-huh. and there's reasons for. But the community members um, held a candlelight vigil at Myers Lake in the same spot where they had set up a makeshift memorial after the girls disappeared in July. The news that the bodies had been found hit them hard. And, you know, as it would anyone. Mm -hmm. But in a small town like that, you feel like everyone is family. I mean, less than 5,000 people in that town, you know. that's Everybody knows each other. Right. And knows each other's business and everybody's everybody's neighbors. Absolutely. Like here, people uptown it feels like almost a different town sometimes mm-hmm. but like in a town like that it's you guys are all literally neighbors like you right can walk right absolutely there's a quote from a family friend and i'm just going to use her first name because you know i whatever i don't have mm-hmm. the actual permission even though it's out there on the internet but um a family friend sarah she says just broken i think a lot of people are We've all held out pretty strong that there's going to be a positive outcome. And, you know, you do. I mean, otherwise, how else do you get through your day? You know, how do you get through your your day not knowing? So you got to keep that positivity going. She said the community did everything they could to help raise awareness and bring the girls home. That had to be the worst five months for the girls' this family. I mean, I just keep thinking about that. Like, five months. Especially being eight and ten. I know. They're just babies, you know? I mean, you hope and pray that they're still out there alive, but your mind has to wander. And then, and then you know, you, you have to sit and wonder and hope and pray what what what's being done with them what are right. you know how like are as, they are they being fed are they being you know like as like as a, if a 16 year old were to go missing like you kind of have that like maybe they could be taking care of themselves but at 8 and 10 like you know that they're not taking care of themselves like somebody has them you know what i mean like it's horrible to think about absolutely just absolutely fucking horrible in all aspects you know it's just like you, like I said, you, you pray that they're good, but my gosh, then you also have to wonder what's going on with them. Right. So exactly. There's just no, there's no easy way to get through this. I just, oh yeah, I just can't imagine. And my heart goes out to every single one of them. The girls' families asked for privacy, which is totally understandable. Oh, for sure. I mean, I would not want to be talking to media or the press, you know, after you get that horrible news. It's not something that you're like, oh, yeah, hey, they're finally found. Thank God. You know, no, you need that time to mourn and get over it. And I know the media is wanting their story, but for God's sake, you know, there's, there's got to be some healing time for, you know, which I don't know. Give it a minute. Yeah, yeah. So funeral services for Lyric Cook were held at 2 p.m. on December 29th, just right after Christmas. That's horrible. I know. So a little bit about her. Christmas is ruined forever for that family. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Lyric, Ray, Lynn, Cook, Morass, Morrissey was born on October 2nd, 2001 in Waterloo to Dan and Misty Morrissey. She attended Kingsley Elementary School and was 10 years old. Lyric passed away on Friday, July 13th, 2012. So let me just touch back and answer your question. So um, if they have that as their death date, they must be pretty confident that the girls passed away, you know, rather quickly, which is good that yeah. they weren't, you know, kept around and tortured for months. Yeah. Lyric was a very special young lady. She was an infectious joy to be around with a smile that radiated with love. In her short years, Lyric came to know the Lord Jesus Christ and the importance of salvation through Jesus for the people of the world. She had a heart of compassion for her family and friends. Lyric enjoyed bowling, cheerleading, and gymnastics. Lyric loved to be outside playing, snow, rain, or shine. Most seen Lyric's unconditional love for her family and her special love for her brother, Dylan. Her desire to have fun within those loving relationships was seen while going to church, sharing devotions in her parents in the morning and card games with her grandmother in the afternoon. Mm. Ah, that's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. Memorial services for Elizabeth Collins were held on December 13th. So a little bit earlier. A little bit about Elizabeth. Elizabeth June Marie Collins was born at Allen Memorial Hospital in Waterloo, Iowa on July 31st, 2003. The daughter of Drew and Heather Cook Collins. She was a student at Pointer Pointer Elementary School and was a bubbly little person with the best smile who loved what life had to give and all it had to offer. Elizabeth enjoyed dressing up and getting her nails and hair done. She loved singing, riding her bike, and playing softball and hockey. She had a big heart and had a great love for animals. Elizabeth also loved playing with her siblings and ordering them around. <laughs> <laughs> she enjoyed going on vacations and had traveled to many places. Many times were treasured as a family laying in bed, eating popcorn and watching movies. Oh, I love that. Elizabeth passed away on Friday, July 13th, 2012. She was eight years old. Nearly 200 people attended Elizabeth's burial. Her dog, Gus, also attended the graveside service and was decorated with a rose for her. Oh. I know. On February 6, 2013, officials announced that the trail and park at Myers Lake would be renamed to honor the memory of Lyric and Elizabeth. The trail that runs around the lake is now known as the Trail of Angels. And I just got goosebumps. Goose pimples all up and down my body. 
The park sitting next to the lake will be known as Angel's Park. How sweet is that? That is sweet. It's super sweet. The city also declared July 13th as Lyric and Elizabeth Day. So that just goes to show, you know, like... How small of a town it was. Yeah, how how much every single person there mattered. Oh, Mer. I know. I sorry. <laughs> I sorry. Well, it kind of makes it tough sitting here holding Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just can't even... I can't even imagine. I know. That's what I'm saying. I cannot ever imagine losing a child. I don't ever. I I know it's going to suck. Well, maybe when you guys lose me. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> your witch ass will stick around forever. My witch ass is living to 120. <laughs> I already decided that um, I'm living to like um 345 350 yeah yeah all right right <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness okay so a decade later investigators and family are still searching for answers to the girl's abduction and murder the killings gain national attention if you remember do you remember this case i was pretty i was pretty young i was Fresh 18. Yeah. Well, it gained national attention and left a lasting impact on the small Iowa town, which I said I just could foresee. Local law enforcement and the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation continue to receive tips and investigate the case, which, you know, is good. Six months after Lyric and Elizabeth were found, authorities announced on Monday, June 24th, 2013, that they had three separate witnesses who said they saw a white, older model, full-size SUV-type vehicle, similar to a Chevy Suburban or a Ford Bronco, parked on Arbutus Avenue on July 13th. And these streets actually meet up with the bike trail where the girls' bikes were found. Mm-hmm. Two witnesses said that they'd seen the white SUV parked between the two bike trail signs. So obviously right in that location. Yep. The other witness told police that they saw the vehicle parked near the woods on the east side of the lake. Only a few hundred feet from where the bikes were found. So creepily enough, I mean, was that somebody watching and waiting and just waiting to preying on these girls yeah just waiting for the right time to attack probably all three witnesses said that they seen the suv sometime between 11 30 a.m and 12 30 p.m on july 13th so that's the same day in the same time period when the girls went missing so sounds like they need to find this white suv yep They had a lot of reports and a lot of information to go through and were trying to make connections, but nothing ever came to the conclusion of who may have taken the girls. Like I said, witnesses described the SUV vehicle as a large and clunky white SUV and an old box style, boxy style suburban. So I'm assuming that it's going to be more of the 
um, suburban than the Ford Bronco because the Broncos are a little bit smaller. Yep. And when they're saying boxy, I'm thinking that, that they're talking around the years of 89 to 91 before they changed the body type. But I, I can't say for sure since it wasn't in any report that I've found and it hasn't been noted. So, but that's what I'm going to assume just by what I've been reading in the witness statements. Two of the witnesses came forward with the, with the information while they were canvassing the area. The third actually came several months later because the person had assumed that someone had already told police about it. And people don't ever assume. Assumption is the fuck up of all fuck ups. Well, that's, that's a lot of like, by that's the bystander effect where everybody thinks that somebody else is saying something. So they don't say anything or help. And then it ends up going unsaid or unhelped, you know? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, you never know that. It's just, how do you know somebody said something? How do you something? know you didn't catch a license plate? And, right. you know, nobody else did, you know? Right. Or you caught something that, you know, is a little bit more detail or you never know. Right. Because it was the one that kind of got the ball rolling was actually several months later. They didn't know that it would be of importance. And that's kind of what we want to stress to the public is that any piece of information can be important. As one of the officers said, officers said, like any little detail could make a huge difference. And, and he's right. It, yep. it just might be that little piece of the puzzle, you know, and it may not make sense to you. But when you put it all together, it makes everything else fit. And, you know, in an instance like this, people, you know, it, this could be the piece that fits. So if you see something, say something. I mean, we're looking for two little girls here. You know, that's the thing. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't have said something, but detectives have received around 2,000 leads and tips since the case started. That's a lot of freaking leads and tips. Yeah. Um, and it was Detective Jason Ellison with the Bremer County Sheriff's Office. He actually joined the investigation in 2017. Iowa DCI Special Agent Scott Reeder took over as the lead agent in 2017. And a quote from him, I don't consider it a cold case because it's not sitting on a shelf. It is being actively investigated, he says. But I probably wouldn't call it a cold case regardless because they're not cold until they're totally done, until we found the person who did it. I like this man's. (laughs) (laughs) like don't ever give up don't ever stop looking yeah you know especially two little babies and you're so young i know and especially since he knows advances in technology like you know the genetic genealogy that solved in another iowa case Mm -hmm. wink wink 
Um, they're providing investigators with more hope. And he stated, we've actually had different private labs or we have had other new technology people that are well aware of this case, even on a national level. So they've actually reached out to us and said, hey, this is what we have available. Can you guys apply it to your situation? So, you know, they actually have people, like every time they find something new or find a new advancement, they're, they're reaching out to them. And I hope someday that they do get that one thing that breaks the case. That would be awesome. Yes, would be awesome. Drew Collins, which is Elizabeth's father, feels the same. That there's not long to wait, he quotes. We're going to not stop until we get answers, he said. Time is not on the side of whoever did this. Their time is running out. Every day that passes is a day closer to us catching them. And I pray that he's right. Whatever evil, vile, wretched monster that can harm two little girls in this way, I pray that your days are numbered and, and that you're caught to give the family's closure and these little angels can rest peacefully. Like that, yeah. I, I pray, I pray that. So was it released on like how they died or anything like that? Okay. No, close, close. They're keeping this lip. like very close. Oh yeah. One suspect that they considered was Michael Clunder, but he has such been eliminated as such. State investigators conducted a painstakingly examination of potential similarities between the kidnapping and murder of a Dayton teenager, Kathleen Shepard, the missing person cases in Iowa. A state official announced that potential connections were already being analyzed between Shepard's murder and the Cook and Collins murders. On May 14, 2014, police ruled out Michael Clunder as a suspect in the cousin's 2012 death. So this guy, Shep, um, Clunder, mm-hmm. um, Shepard, who was 15, and another girl who was even younger, were kidnapped from Dayton, Ohio, which is only 100 miles, a little under a two-hour drive west from Evansdale on May 20th while walking home after school. Authorities say that Michael James Clunder, 42, took the girls to a hog confinement lot where he worked and zip-tied their hands. The younger girl managed to escape when Clunder took Shepard to another part of the property, police say. Fishermen found Shepard's body Friday night, June 7th, 2013, in the Des Moines River, about 15 to 20 miles downriver from where it runs along Dayton's east side. Myers said authorities were taking a two-pronged approach to any comparisons that it may have with this case. Laboratory analysis of forensic evidence and the investigative work that could pinpoint, among other things, where Clunder may have been when 
other people went missing as well. Dang. Um, yeah, so they want to know where this dude was, where a lot of people were missing, because they don't think this was his first rodeo. That's creepy. I just don't understand how people just do this for fun. They're like, oh, hey, sounds like a good time. Let's go get this shit done. Right. I don't either. And I don't, I really don't understand the next part of Clunder served about two decades in prison from 1992 to 2011 for previous kidnapping and assault charges. So he didn't even get charged with the murder? This was prior to this girl. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> so he had already kidnapped and assaulted whomever. I don't know. I didn't say. And then he just got out and did it again? <clears throat> again. When are we going to learn that like these, this type of scum cannot be fixed? Well, I, in my opinion, they can be fixed. Castration. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, it, prison is not going to fix these people. I don't know why. I don't. I don't understand. I, I don't get why we're not doing something bigger than just throwing these dudes in a prison cell for you know however long, and then releasing them out to the fucking public again because they don't. They don't deserve to be out in the public. Not, not for kidnapping and. Like, little kids, like, that's something that, that one, I don't know, like, I've yeah, said it I get before, it. and these people that are, like, pedophiles and get charged with this shit and just get off on probation. I know, I, like, I don't get it. That's fucking, you don't accidentally fucking fuck a child. You don't do, that's not an accident. That's not an accident. I mean, I get it if, like. And wait till you see close in age or something like that. But when when it's like <laughs> a forty two year old man with a twelve year old, fifteen year old, six like like seventeen, maybe you know, maybe you thought she was over the age, whatever, blah blah blah. But like when it's like a young child, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Absolutely. And put a pin in that. Put a pin in all that there, where you get probation, you get. You know, I mean, he did how many? 1992 to 2011. I'm no good at math, but um, two decades in prison. Okay, put a just pin. Un- just under 30 years. Put a pin in that right there, okay? Actually, that would have been 20 years, not 30. Okay. So about 20 years that this this pedophile got, okay? But what I really don't get is that I don't understand what this fucking scumbag was doing out of prison anyway. Kidnapping in Iowa, it's a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. What the fuck? That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, kidnapping in the first degree, as I do the air quotes here anyway, but I'm not sure how there are different degrees of kidnapping. You take someone against their will, kidnapping. Yeah. Kidnapping. I mean... That motherfucker away. God damn. So, yeah. So, this guy kidnapping and assault, which are two 
them are two violent crimes, okay? Right. Two violent crimes, kidnapping and assault. And he did about 20 years. Put a pin in that. Kidnapping and assault. Jesus. Yes, yes. Oh we're we're going to put a pin there, okay? <sighs> violent crime, 20 years. Two violent crimes. The Gazette also reported that investigators were closely scrutinizing Dan and Misty Moresi, which are were Lyric's parents. Mm-hmm. And had subject both of them to multiple polygraph tests. What, they think they kidnapped their own child? Well, there's... At the same time, investigators said that Dan and Misty were not considered suspects in the girl's disappearance. And they were looking into their backgrounds and that of their associates only so as to not discount any possible leads. I mean, which, which I, I get, you know, because there yeah. was, there was some troubled history here. Um, so they wanted to look further into this Avenue, which like I said, is completely understandable. I'm not going to go real deep into this. Um, they had a sketchy background and when we're involved with sketchy people, so they were looked into because of it. Okay, okay. I, I get that. Morvit said that authorities do not believe that Lyric's parents were involved in the girls' deaths. Dan and Misty were sent to prison on unrelated drug charges after the girls disappeared. And Morvit said that Misty has since been released. So they did do some time, but not for anything to do with the missing girls, just to make that clear. Right. Many have speculated on the internet, and they were hammering on the internet, that the cousins were kidnapped and murdered because of money that Dan owed someone. Uh... Dan had been in custody due to several drug charges involving meth. He was released from custody following Lyric's disappearance to be with his family. So here's where we're going to take that pin out for just a second. In 2013, Dan, Lyric's father, was sentenced to 90, nine, zero years in prison with a 30-year mandatory minimum after he pled guilty to three sets of drug charges. Nonviolent drug charges. You shitting me? I am is, not fucking this, shitting this you. This is like the. I would much rather deal with a fucking drug addict than a fucking kidnapper, rapist. You know, pedophile. What I mean? Yeah. Sickle. And he got that much time for fucking some drugs that he chooses to do, and all of the people around him choose to do. You choose. Correct. You choose to do drugs. You don't choose to get kidnapped correct 90 fucking years with a 30 year minimum so this dude on three drug charges is doing more time than this fucking pedophile that has kidnapped assaulted was released got out kidnapped and murdered a little girl so 
Let's let's just yeah. How about that? How about that? That's fucked up. <sighs> yeah. So some of these charges were before Lyric's disappearance and others were after, which is irrelevant. But um, some believe that Dan's criminal past was the reason to the that the girls were abducted. He denied this possibility, but it had to obviously be looked into. And, right. you know, I mean, so I mean, fair enough. they were all cleared. And yeah, it um, is it is fair because like you said, and anybody should, any of their family members or friends should have actually been looked into because you do the process of elimination. So it all makes sense anyway. So it, it is what it is. There is a theory that there are connections to the Delphi murders. Do you remember that one? Mm, No. Delphi. Um, Or Delphi. D-E-L-P-H-I. That's... No. no. Okay. So, two friends, they're walking across a bridge. Like, um, the bridge reminds me of the bridge on Stand By Me. And... Was this the one where the girls were... Recording recording? on Snapchat or something, and and they got a recording of the guy? Yep. They took pictures of him? I do remember that. So, it's that case. Two friends were out together enjoying... A nature walk on a nice day and they disappeared then her like little sister went to go get her or something yeah and they were later found murdered so if you read or know about what happened in delta and that's indiana um which was on february in 2017 and it's hard not to make the connections with the evanstill case um the young teens abby williams and Liberty German, like I said, were out enjoying a walk on a local trail and disappeared. But unlike Lyric and Elizabeth, Abby and Libby's bodies were found the very next day. Some have speculated if a serial killer is haunting the Midwest, which is us, mm-hmm. the dates um, that the dates is what's really fucking creepy um so lyric and elizabeth disappeared on 7 13 12 yep and abby and liberty were murdered on 2 13 17 oh shit they're anagrams of each other yeah right how i mean that is creepy there goes the uh goose pimples the tinglies all up and down again and also as rare as abductions are concerned it's very unusual for two children to be abducted at once so that's another similarity mm-hmm. there are Additional similarities in the cases, too, such as both of the girls were adolescent or pre-adolescent white females out alone in remote locations and were kidnapped by a non-family member. All four of the bodies were left on land and is that is typically frequented by hunters. So, like, you know, they kind of say they want to be found in a way. Right. They but, want to be found eventually, but right, not right away. Right, right, right. 
But despite the connections, the Indiana State Police don't believe that both cases are tied to each other. So I don't know if they know a little bit more than what they're saying. And then I don't know. saying that, yeah. So, on Thursday, August 21st, 2014, Evansdale Police unveiled a new webpage, which is evansdalepolice.org backslash latest only lyric and elizabeth dot p h p i had to make sure that was really slow so that i had it <laughs> had it correct so they um they set up this web page to act as like a clearinghouse for information for the unsolved case so they all can you know access everything and and that you can submit stuff there um, during a press conference that day, police said that they believed the person who abducted the cousins was likely a local, which I believe, you know, they had to know uh -huh. the area. August 22nd of 2014, the FBI's Behavioral and Analyst Unit, which develops profiles of suspects, had released new details drawn from the FBI study and unveiled those conclusions on the Evansdale police webpage for Lyric and Elizabeth. So criminal mind Spencer Reed always comes to mind when I think or hear of, you know, perp, yeah. unsub profiles. The offender profile that they come up with is as follows. The offender is familiar with both Myers Lake slash Angels Park in Evansdale and the Seven Bridges Wildlife Area in Bremer County, which both make sense. The suspect chose Seven Bridges because he or she was familiar with the area and knew that it was very secluded. The offender blends in with and may be part of the Evansdale, Bremer, and surrounding communities, which is creepy as fuck. The suspect used likely coercion to gain the girl's compliance into leaving Myers Lake using a ruse or threats of violence that other possible characteristics include. The suspect may have been experiencing stress related to legal troubles, spousal problems, employment difficulties, financial strain, or mental health issues in July of 2012. The suspect may avoid discussing the case or showing interest in the matter, but is likely following developments in the media. The offender may have attempted to abduct children or adults in the past. Following the disappearance, the suspect may have altered his or her physical appearance, such as changing hairstyle and facial hair. The offender's vehicle may also have been altered with a new paint job or reupholstery. So if you know anyone matching any of these descriptions and had access to a box-style white SUV, you need to speak up. Say something. Say something. Analysts' experience with prior abduction cases point to one person being involved, but
but there are cases where more than one person is involved. So it could be a possibility that we're looking for two perps. Not likely, but possibility. Investigators focus on Seven Bridges Wildlife Area. In a press conference held at the Evansdale City Hall on Tuesday, February 3rd, 2015, Evansdale Police of Chief of Police Kent Smock said authorities were focusing their efforts on anyone who might be familiar with the remote Bremer County woodland where Lyric and Elizabeth were found in December 2013, or I'm sorry, 12. Smock made a plea to the public to identify anyone they believe is familiar with the Seven Bridges Wildlife Area. He quotes, I think you will all agree with me that Seven Bridges is extremely remote. So it must be like, you have to know this is here yeah. type of thing. You know, we have no doubt that the person or persons responsible with this crime is very familiar with Seven Bridges. So again, you know, someone who knows that place very well, speak up. <laughs> Investigators traveled to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children in Virginia to discuss the case. Are you all right? A little coffee cough. And Smock said federal authorities were impressed with the investigators' efforts thus far. They were also in agreement that Seven Bridges Wildlife Area represented an important part of the case. So again, if you know someone that matches the descriptions above, has a white box-style SUV or had one, and is familiar with Seven Bridges Wildlife Area, I think... That is undeniable. And if you know this information, and if you can lay your head on your pillow at night to sleep, then shame on you. You're just as vile as the perp. That's my opinion. Yeah. Smock said they want to speak with anyone who's familiar with the wildlife area, which is formerly a Bremer County Park, in order to eliminate them as suspects. You know, and who knows? Maybe... Maybe people that go there often seen something or, you know, right. again, you not think it's relevant, but it may be in the end. February 5th, 2016, investigators report they are still fielding tips in the case. So they're still getting tips coming in. Um, as the four-year anniversary approached, officials shared tips to prevent child abduction and urge, urged parents to establish a code word with their kids which in my opinion is always a good idea. Right. You know, like the common ruse. Hey, your mommy or daddy asked me to pick you up today. They're busy. You know, type of thing. Oh yeah. Or your kid can be like, "Oh yeah, motherfucker. What's the code word, bitch?" <laughs> you know, like, right? What's the password? What's the password? And it's not please. No. It's pumpkin butt. You better know a code word, Ollie. He will. He will. This... I don't think he'll ever get out of the house. No. After listening to all this stuff, huh? I know. Yeah, he said. The city of Evansdale planned a child safety day to make parents and kiddos more prepared if purport, if approached. Stranger danger. Yep. But sometimes the sad fact is that they're not strangers. You know, that's yeah. the whole thing. In early, yeah. In early February 2017, 
artists Jeff Skonkin and Christopher Leet, both are friends with Drew Collins, unveiled murals that they created to shed light on the girl's cold case. Sonskin and Leet had painted a tribute to two angels with wings to serve as a reminder that Lyric and Elizabeth forever soar in the hearts of many. And it's beautiful. This mural is beautiful. They did an amazing job. In July of 2017, Hundreds rode in the fifth Memorial Ride and Drive benefit to remember the two little angels and bring awareness back to the case. Um, Also in July, to date, authorities had interviewed more than 1,000 people and had looked into more than 300 sex offenders and every new lead involved, Um, which one included an Ankeny sex offender, Jeff Altamayer, 58, who was charged with trying to entice children in Jasper, Monona, and Grundy County by offering them $100 to get into his van. Oh, wow. Why would a kid, why would somebody offer you $100 to get into their van? That's um, weird. That's weird. Super weird. Super weird. I've been like, oh, that's fucked up. No. Yeah. No, thank you. Just get in. I'll give you $100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Altmer was arrested in November and accused of trying to lure a six-year-old girl into his vehicle in Anawa. What the fuck, dude? Like, that's, gross. That's gross. Six years old. Have you... We actually just watched um, this show, Friend of the Family. It's oh, my God. I just watched that. <gasps> oh, my God. I was like... How he grooms her for years and years. Dude, and, like, he's like... And the whole thing, I'm like... Holy shit, because as a kid, I would be like, I would actually believe something like that. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Like. Especially mm. in that time era, because that's yeah. when it was all. Yeah. All, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but that's when all that was happening. You know, like it was all being brought into the and news then, nonstop. And, like, and she was watching it on the news and she's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, my God, they're going to. They're real. And if I tell anybody, then it's going to happen. They're going to take my family. They're going to do this and that. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That was a very good show. Yeah, I fucking. Oh, yeah. We just actually watched something else with him in it, too. And I can't, like, not think of him like that. I'm like, he's such a creep. <laughs> he just looks like a creep now. <laughs> Everything I ever see him in, well, he'll just be. He'll always creep. be the creep. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, the next show, he was a douchebag anyway, so. Okay, so he was also suspected in two other incidents. One that happened um, near the Dyke City Park and another a couple of weeks later near Clay Street Park in Cedar Falls. So, you know, he's been around the area. Yep. Um, When asked about him. One of the officers said, the most I would say is that he is one of our leads, and I will leave it at that. Ooh. Um. Ooh. Um. I'd run. <laughs> I want to know, does this man's have access to a white SUV? I, I wonder. 
I got to know. I got to know. Here's the weird weirdy about it. Yeah. Court records show that Altmer was working as a traveling automobile damage field inspector. Hmm. So he probably he probably had access to a bunch of vehicles. Right. So this could very well be possible. I mean, it can anyways, but yeah. You know, and the officer also said it's very concerning to us when you have an individual like that that has access and that he does through his employment at the time to basically roam the state or roam the Midwest. Yep. And agree, you know, like how right he is with that statement. So in July of 2017, two people have actually confessed to the crime. I hate when people do that. Especially because it's still a court case, so you know it's not, it wasn't them. Like Absolutely. Authorities eliminated them after discovering the individual's had no intimate details about the case at all. And this just blows my mind. Like, why would you confess to such a thing if you had not done it? Like, why put the families through that? And why? Because they don't think about that. It's probably like some fucking person that's in prison or something, and they just want some fucking jailhouse. Drama. Well, not drama, but they want some. Clout. Yeah, clout and like. I did this, so then you know they're kind of like more higher on the yeah, totem pole. The, the in clout prison of the badass. Or, yeah. 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 I don't know. Shits. Yeah. Like, yeah, I did that. It's just it's fucking crazy how you how you do that. I don't get it. Investigators have yet to share publicly how how Lyric and Elizabeth died. And this is exactly why. As I said before, holding information close to the chest, very important because now we know. Did they do it? Did they not? No, not not our guy. Nope. The case is not gathering dust. The investigation still continues 10 years later. Elizabeth's father drew quotes. I think everyone has a niece or a daughter or a cousin. And to them, it's like, it just couldn't happen here. So I think a lot of people are worried about something happening again. I think everyone has a lot invested in finding out who killed the girls. And he's right. Like I said, that little town in Iowa will never be the same. According to Scott Redger, a special agent with the Iowa Division (laughs) of Criminal Investigation. You didn't like that? The department has received 117 tips in the past 10 months alone at the email address set up that I just said before. It's kind of the natural trajectory of cases as they become more long-term, he said. Information isn't coming in at the speed at which it did early on, but the information is still coming in. Thank God. He has assisted on the case since it began in 2012 and became the lead Iowa DCI agent on the case after the lead investigator left for another position in 2017. He had trained for child abduction cases, but this was the first actual case that he worked. So I hope he gets a win on this one, not only just for him, but for everyone. 
Yeah. But it would be so, so awesome for it to be the first and he solved it. Right. Child abduction homicides are some of the hardest cases to work because they're high profile. Well, not only that, they're they're just they're horrible. Oh my god. They're horrible. We as a society want to protect our children. Beyond that, particularly living in the community, being that some of the agents are from the area, you feel the weight of wanting to find and resolve it. Not just for yourself, but for the community at large, as well as the family. DNA technology, along with forensic genealogy and electronic forensics, have come a long way in the last three years or so, he said. So it's an exciting time in law enforcement for agencies that have cases cases similar to this, where it's kind of that endurance investigation and we're waiting for some technology or new information that will help us push this case forward. Collins, whose daughter Elizabeth would have turned 18 uh, this year, holds on to hope that technology will eventually lead to an arrest in the case. I thought when they found the bodies that we'd have quick answers, Collins said. But that being said... I do think time is definitely on our side. Technology is going to be on our side. Since 2012, the leaps in DNA technology are just huge. So hopefully something comes up and they'll be able to use something that was left at the crime scene to match it with somebody else. And he is right. All it's going to take is that one little piece. Mm -hmm. So that kind of leads me to believe that they do have some DNA that they that's what i'm thinking i was just gonna ask do they have do they know if they were like abused they didn't like that really they didn't release it they didn't say on here that it is but uh yeah they must have something which is awesome and he is right all all it's gonna take is that one little piece elliot declined to say whether there are currently any suspects in the case, adding that it is inappropriate for an investigative team to comment on certain suspects or people of interest. Again, keeping it close to the chest, which I totally get. Like, you don't want to be like, hey, Joe Schmo over here is getting looked at. You know, you don't want everybody, and especially Joe Schmo, to know that information. Um, he encourages anyone with information in the case to send a detailed email to our missing Iowa girls at dps.state.ia.us. It's an inact- it's an active investigation. We have countless examples across our country of cases that everybody thought they were never going to figure out what happened. And time just has a way of flushing a lot of these cases out. So that's how we're going to continue to approach this one. Elizabeth's father is doing what he can investigatively. I get some people who have given me their ideas of what maybe happened. So I look into certain people, he says. I mean, there's only so much investigating I can do, but I do keep my ears out. 
but it's not really good for the investigation for people to give me the tips that should go to the police, which again, he's right. So, you know, mm-hmm. over the past decade, Collins has led efforts to honor the memory of his daughter and niece. The cousins became the inspiration for Angels Park, um, dedicated in 2018 to honor these who lost lives too early. So they have a whole memorial area there now for um, like a bunch of children. You know, not all were taken, obviously. Some have just passed to accident or yeah, you know just young, illness young or whatever so lost. yeah they're they all have a memorial spot there which is pretty awesome it is awesome she was a very sweet happy loving child colin said of elizabeth she loved her brother she loved her sister she was very good to her family she was always smiling she was a good person and she didn't deserve this she did not mm. That makes it sad. I know. Because it's like always like the sweet ones that want to believe the best in everybody that like get taken because they're, they are just so sweet and naive. And... <sighs> you can't kiss me with your binky in your mouth, guy. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can do what you want. An annual child safety day was established in Evansdale as well as annual motorcycle ride in the girls' memory. Child Safety Day raises awareness of children and safety issues, including bike helmets, property, properly installing a car seat, stranger danger, and education and DNA kits, which is awesome. The other thing is we have the police there, and it gives the kids a chance to be around the police and know that the police are on their side. So it's just a well-rounded get-together for the kids. So that's pretty awesome. So despite the tragedy that took place in Evansdale almost 10 years ago, which 10 years ago today, Collins remains an active part of the community, raising awareness of his daughter's story and pushing forward for other families of homicide victims. We've had so much support from people. I'm really comfortable here, Collins said. Even though the worst thing ever happened here, I love this place. I love Evansdale. Oh. I know. That's so that's, sad. You just know that that's they have like a good background of people. It was just that right. one bad egg. Right. He says, I've lived all over the country and I'm not leaving. This is home. Aww. And that's a heartbreaking statement that from is a, a father. Very fucking heartbreaking because you know, like it's so much heartache because that's where his daughter went missing. But yet, there's so many people that make him feel so awesome and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The community held the 10th annual memorial ride and drive event honoring the girls on July 16th. The money raised from the event is donated to the Cedar Valley Crime Stoppers. July 13th, 2022, no one has yet been charged or arrested for these crimes. However, the investigation into the girls' death continues one dec- decade later 
with determination to find out truth of what happened to Lyric and Elizabeth and to bring their killer or killers to justice. Local, state, and federal investigators have been working together in this case. As the case progressed into a long-term investigation, the investigative team adapted and readjusted to include investigators with the Bremer County Sheriff's Office, the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Part of the investigative team still includes the agents who were part of the original investigation when it began in July of 2012. As part of this team, intelligence analysis with the FBI regional office in Omaha, Nebraska, and the Iowa Department of Public Safety Division of Intelligence in Des Moines were also provided to leverage in their analytical capabilities for the large amount of data and evidence that this case has generated. So they're obviously helping out and helping like to, um, you know, put everything together for them and stuff. Yeah. They're evaluating every tip that comes in to the um, email address, the are missing Iowa girls at dps.state.iowa.us um, and it, like I said, it's reviewed by them and evaluated on its relevance, and then they determine if it's um, if their sources are going to be used to follow up. The investigative team hopes that Iowans will continue to stand with the families of Lyric and Elizabeth, the Cedar Valley community, and the investigative team until the truth is made known. The investigative team asks anyone who wants to report information about the Evansdale murders can direct it to our missing Iowa girls at dps.state.iowa.us. A $200,000 reward has been offered for information leading to the arrest and prosecution. $150,000 of that was raised privately. That is Awesome. Yes, that is awesome. And by the FBI. And $50,000 is being offered by the Cedar Valley Crime Stoppers. You can submit information about the case, no matter how small the detail, at our missing Iowa girls at dps.state.iowa.us, or you can call the Cedar Valley Crime Stoppers at 855 300 T-I-P-S. That is 855-300-8477 or the Evansdale Police Tip Line at 319-232-6822. Let's get justice for these two little girls. I know that somebody out there knows something. Somebody does. Somebody has to know something. You know, a the creepy information that I said before about mm-hmm. the unsub, the white SUV that is maybe no longer around, you know, um, what have you. So, yeah, somebody's got to. Like somebody has something. Somebody's got to know something. So, you know something, say, get it out there. Yep. So, that's my story. 
awful, awful story. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So that will release on their, this will release on the 10th anniversary of when they were found. And then, oh, Mer, the next release will be, what did I say, December 19th yep. is our next release date. So, what if we ask for people to send in Santa stories or Christmas stories for us to read? Even if we have like one or two, do you think do you think people send them? All right, peeps. I know I asked for thankfuls and we had to literally pull them out of you, but y'all pulled through and we're awesome at it. So... I'm going to ask you to send in a Santa story, a Christmas story, uh, a funny Christmas story, uh, I, whatever, whatever. We want to read anything your Christmas stories. To Christmas. Don't want to um, do anything sad and mopey on the week of Christmas. So send in a Christmas story, a Santa story for us to read. Yay. All right. And who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll even ask our special guest to come. Oh, geez. We us. can't have a special guest again. That's a little <laughs> too much. <laughs> Do you hear that, Allie? you got to stay home. We weren't talking about Allie. He's he's our mascot. We were talking about, damn it, Dan. <laughs> oh, But, yeah, maybe we'll have him come on and read them, or maybe someone else will come on and read them. Well, I just said a special guest. I didn't even say, damn it, Dan. You said come back on. Is what uh, you said. Who knows? It might be. It might be somebody else. Oh, know. might be. Okay. Well. All right. Or yeah, just a special guest of some sort. All right. I like it. Okay. Send in your Christmas stories, Santa stories, Saint Nick stories, whatever stories. Send them in so we can read them on our Christmas episode because we don't want to do sad. So how about you read the dumb criminal? We already did this one. No, it's an update. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's an so, update. Shabusiness deemed competent to stand trial for gruesome Green Bay murder decapitation. We have to keep up on shabusiness. <laughs> I mean. Shabusiness. All right. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Taylor Shabusiness is, is competent to stand trial for allegedly killing and decapitating a man with a judge setting um, a trial or a much bleh, a March sixth trial date during her hearing on Tuesday, she business twenty four <laughs> is charged with first degree intentional homicide, mutilating a corpse, and third degree sexual assault for allegedly tackling Jesus Christ. I know. Allegedly I am- attacking Shane Shad. These names are killing me. February 23rd. Mental competency refers to a defendant's ability to understand the court proceedings and assist in her own defense. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Shabusiness. You can't defend yourself. Okay. Shabusiness has definitely got the business. Shabusiness was found competent to stand trial by judge in May after psychological exam. 
but her attorney again raised concerns about her mental state last month. <laughs> Abby. In court Tuesday, defense attorney Quinn Jolly. <laughs> Aren't these fucking names great? Like, you can't even make this shit up. Defense attorney Quinn Jolly asked for another exam to be done by a psychologist. He's a jolly guy. <laughs> Quinn. Or Jolly. Jolly. Quinn Jolly. It's so jolly. All right. But Judge Thomas denied the motion. Given the results of the three exams so far, signaling she is indeed competent to stand trial, he then set a uh, trial date. Judge Walsh noted the defense could have another exam completed as part of the stra- part of its strategy in the case, but he was not going to hold up scheduling a trial to wait for a one. There is a second aspect to the psychiatric, the psychiatric issues in the case as she businesses entered a plea of not guilty and not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. Wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Shaggy said it wasn't me. So the so-called plea relates to her mental condition at the time of the crime and her ability to disconcern right from wrong. Well, I mean, she... If I remember correctly, she was just like. She was just messing around. Yeah. <laughs> the result. The results of an exam on the issue that were not specifically discussed, but Judge Walsh alluded to. Alluded, right? That's right, right? <laughs> alluded. Yeah to the results from being similar to those from the competency exams. According to the the criminal complaint, police were called to a resident on Stony Brook Lane early in the morning (laughs) on February 23rd, where a business found seven men inside (laughs) a bucket in the basement. (laughs) business said she and the victim were doing drugs, including meth and allegedly engaging in sexual play. I told you, she was just messing around. When the man was strangled, she then sexually abused him, dismembered the body, and placed body parts in various locations in the home and the vehicle. The the criminal complaint states, Shabiznes made the comment at one point where she did get paranoid and lazy, and she thought that the dope (laughs) was making her paranoid. (laughs) So she played a little hide-and-seek with the body parts. Police said that Shabiznes took, they took Shabiznes into custody later on February 23rd at an Eastman Avenue residence. Shabiznes removed the electronic monitoring bracelets hours before the murder, according to the sheriff's department. A warrant was issued for her arrest, but she was not located before allegedly killing Siren. (laughs) She's being held on a $2 million bond. Cash bond. Cash bond. Cash bond. Oh, that's just a little, little bit of change. So she just removed her bracelet, <laughs> and that's why she was arrested. She like just she removed her bracelet, went out and just committed a murder, and then was found that way. They didn't even know about the murder. She was found because of her monitor bracelet. That's she fun. was found because she was messing around. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's fine. That's and then- fucked up. <laughs> She business got the business. She so let me get this straight. 
she was claiming to be incompetent to stand trial, but yet bitch wanted to be her own attorney? I think so. <laughs> I think that's what it said, right? She really... Mental competency refers to a defendant's ability to understand the court proceedings and assist in her own defense. Oh, okay. So I think it's just a, a okay. Like, she was okay. The competency of her own defense. I thought it. Yeah. I was too busy laughing, and I when I heard, I just heard her own defense. I was like, "Wait, bitch is trying to be your own damn lawyer." I, that's what I thought, but then later on, it did say her attorney. Oh, I was like, "Damn, she really, she business really do got the business. Is she gonna try to <laughs> defend her?" Some of these motherfuckers think that they got like they know what's up. Oh, they do know what's up. I mean. That shit. I mean, you gotta be fucking some kind of whack lunatic job to do this kind of shit. So I mean, it's possible. And then she sexually abused the body. Oh, well, <sighs> she just kept going. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> I do remember. Oh, she fucking crazy. Uh... All right, Eric's joke for the week. <laughs> We may have done this one. I don't know. But let's, we'll see. Man asked the waiter, how do you prepare your chicken? The waiter says, oh, nothing special. We just tell them they're going to die. <laughs> oh, I hope any what restaurant that I go to and order chicken, they already have the chicken already dead. Yeah. I would hope so. I I mean, most of the time you order the chicken, like they get the chicken. It's already, already prepared in, already in such quarters or legs or breastuses or. Yeah. Butchered oh. is what I meant to say, not filleted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this has been a long episode, so we'll get signing off here. I think Oliver is getting a little antsy-pantsy. Yeah. Guys, you get me antsy-pantsy? So, yeah. like to remind everyone to partake in the Magic Mondays on our Facebook page. Those are always fun. They're starting to take off a little bit more. Yeah, so, I've seen that. Yeah, they're fun. Get your angel message. It's pretty cool. So, with that, um, get in your Santa or Christmas stories. <laughs> and uh, if you like us please feel free to um, rate and review us on spotify apple Podcasts, and google play music you can also check us out on facebook instagram and twitter and then send in your santa stories um right directly from our website at momandmurder.com otherwise you can send us an email at momandmurder at gmail.com that's m-o-m-a-n-d-m-e-r-d-e-r.com or gmail.com. Whichever. Whichever one. Whichever you want. Whichever. Just send in those stories. Don't make us freaking come after you like we did uh, for the thankfuls. Don't make us you... send Santa after you. Oh, Santa. Santa's going to come after you if you don't send in a story. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Until next time, listen to your mother. And if you have any tips, send it into our missing Iowa girls at dps.state.ia.us. Bye. Toodles.